Hello and welcome back to the Double Post Podcast. As always, I'm Reese. I'm Charlie. And uh, we're recording again. We are recording again. That is a factual statement. Um, yeah, haven't verified it yet, but I, I think we are actually recording right now. And I also think we just graduated from college. We did, yeah. explains why we haven't been recording. Yeah, it's been a busy couple weeks. Um, years. Couple years, yeah. But especially the last few weeks have been been a lot. But yeah, yeah both me and Charlie graduated a couple days ago. So, uh, yeah. so now we're here. So thank you for congratulating us, uh, all zero of you that did. Yeah, but, what the hell, um, guys? Yeah, I thought we had a <laughs> fan base here. I thought we, were, thought we really had something. <laughs> No, please actually don't congratulate us because I'm sick of that shit and it's stupid. Um, yeah. the amount of the amount of times I, I got to see a bunch of family that I haven't seen since before COVID, and I got to have like seven individual conversations about what my post college plans are. Ah, which meant I got to say, oh, I don't really know. Uh, we're kind of figuring it out still. To seven different people I haven't talked to in a year and a half. Yep, which was probably like the worst hell I could possibly imagine. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's but, pretty annoying. Like all those conversations are so bad because, like, I don't know. Even I, like I'm lucky enough to have a job, and I still don't know how to explain it to people. Like, <laughs> I still don't know many of the details. I mean, you know as much about it as I do yeah. by now, and like anyone who I talk to for five seconds knows as much as I do. So, um, anyways, uh, we're still in Eugene. There's still construction outside our house. Not sure you can hear it. Oh, here's here's something great that we can complain about right off the bat. Yeah. Uh, so if you're if you're like a, a city planner in the city oh, of Eugene. Oh, okay. I see where you go with this. And <laughs> and you you're like, wow, you know, these streets really suck. Maybe we should replace the streets. First of all, good on you. Okay. Fair that's, enough. Fair enough. That's yeah. a good use of makes, taxpayer dollars makes, in my make estimation. Better, make better streets. Like uh, yeah. You know, the the streets are undrivable in some places. It's good that you replace the streets. Now, if you're in a, a student-heavy part of Eugene, you know, right around campus, like pretty much everybody on, on the street that you're replacing is is a student of the university. Like if you walk out onto the sidewalk, you can see campus from where we live. Yeah. When do you think would be a, a bad time to replace said street? <laughs> there, there can't be that many bad times, right, to replace the street. I mean, obviously there's not a lot of good times, but like... You know, middle of the summer seems like a good time to replace it. Sure. I don't think graduation day is a great time to replace the street. Yeah, they, you? they, they tore up our street on the day of graduation. Literally, yes. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, if you <laughs> We wanna... had no street. Yeah. Uh, our, our friend, uh, our neighbor has been moving out. They had to park, they drove their car across like three lawns so they could like move their stuff out. Yeah. Uh, because there's just no street. Yep. No yeah. street. It's gone. It's just like dirt under there. Yeah. They just like smooth it out. I, it looks really cool, actually. I'm, I kind of, wa- I was walking around today. I watched some of the machines. Uh-huh. Like they, they got the big like level that they drag yeah. across and just levels. I think that's pretty fun. But yeah. All right. Super great start. Super fun times. Um, yeah. But so yeah, uh, hopefully we can record more often. Yeah, that seems the idea. like we say that all the time, though, and it still doesn't happen. But <laughs> our, our, every every three weeks, we come back and oh god, our recording schedule is going to come right back. Don't oh worry. yeah, we promise, we promise. Um, yeah, so don't get your hopes up, but also, I hope they weren't that high to begin with because you know who you're dealing with already. <laughs> um, all right, speaking of not having high hopes. Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> let's just let's start with let's get the game out of the way. That's what I mean. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, the, uh, so there was a game this you've probably forgotten about um, because I'd forgotten about 
I asked Charlie before we recorded, I said, I don't even remember what the score of it was. Because <laughs> even though we both watched it. In the we, same yeah, place. we did. I, no, I, I remember watching it, and I just couldn't remember anything that happened. And then, like, going back and rewatching the hats, I was like, oh, yeah, this game. I think all around, it made for one of the least memorable Timbers games of all time. Considering the result, considering the just how frustrating the game was, considering that it was in Miami, just yeah. as far away as you can get, really. I think geographically, yeah. There was going back and rewatching. It reminded me there was like kind of like two interesting-ish moments that stood out to me. Yeah. Um, let's get into it anyway. Um, sure, sure. As, Very this, this was Yeah. This was this game is. We're not going to do our usual. This game thing. is two and a half weeks old, close to three weeks old now at this point. Probably is three. But weeks old. as we as we said beforehand, like a lot of the problems or the things that we're going to highlight are not specific to this game. In fact, I think this game did a great job of encapsulating what the Timbers are bad at in general throughout the uh-huh. first third half of the season. Shit, how many games have we gone through? I think so- it's I think it's between oh, it's a third a, and a half. Yeah, it's almost half. 16 oh, out of wow, 35. Right. Yeah. Um, well, we still got well, to <laughs> Okay. Uh, okay, so what are the two moments that you want to talk about? Um, okay, well, first of all, in the first half, I mean, we were just getting dominated. Yeah. The entire half. Mm-hmm. Um we had, I mean, I think, like like you said, a lack of chances is something that we've seen all season long. It was the exact same thing. We just did not create chances throughout the first half. Yeah. Um, I think we had that one volley by Paredes. Other than that, that was... That was oh, yeah. The the volley that shouldn't have even become a volley. The yeah. volley that should have been, like, a real chance and that we just passed backwards from. Yeah, because we didn't, the, didn't put enough pace on the ball to spree up. Whatever. Um, anyway, their first goal. I, I, I watched this back because the, it's a weird goal. Basically... They they have the ball on the way out wide. They play it into uh, like a center forward who's like dropping it. It gets dropped off, and then they do a little one-two chipped over the top. And it's a clever little run from the wing um, that their winger makes. Gets the ball in a good spot, dinks it into the middle, and it's just a tap-in header. Um, all in all, a well-worked play. But the thing that strikes you when you watch it is you're like, how is this this open? A lot of times How you is, say, where is the defense? This time you literally need to ask where is like It doesn't make sense. Where, 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 our def- where our players are don't actually make any sense. So I paused it and I was going back there and I was trying to look at the structure. And if you notice this, during this play, I think it's, uh, I think it's Duke, you said, right? Is like cutting across I think it's their... Duke. I can't tell if it's Lasseter or Duke. Because the fucking numbers on these kits are illegible. Yeah, you cannot you, read them. You, you can't tell. Um, I, don't, I think it's Duke, but I, I could be wrong about that. It's, he's sliding across the front. He's sliding across our back line over to the side where the ball's out wide on the left. And Mabiala's kind of coming with him. And he starts to tuck in, and Mabiala kind of tucks in with him. And I'm thinking, well, where are our midfielders? And if you look, all three of our center midfielders, all three of them are on the other half of the field. The closest yeah. one is Ayala, who's like about halfway between the halfway between like the other end line and the ball. Yeah. Like... None of them are even within, like, remotely close distance mm-hmm. of the ball or any of the players. Mabiala stepped super, super high up. What Mabiala should do he here... He stepped into midfield, What he should do here is he should just hold, and he should scream at Ayala to come back and cover the space. Yeah, the ball's going to get in there. Yeah, he might even have time to turn, but hopefully you'll have, like, a, by the time Ayala gets over and he turns, you'll at least have, like, a fortified defense, so he'll be, like, running at defenders. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a bit of a sacrifice. You're giving him a good position, but at least you'll have defenders back. Instead, he steps, and now there is just an enormous gap. Because, by the way, Van Rankin is <laughs> standing on the touchline for some reason. Yes, because, he's out of position. of course, he is, whatever. I mean, it's not even that he's out of position. It's just like he could be five yards in, and it would change absolutely nothing, and he would be in a way better position to help out. 
So it's not like he's not yeah. guarding his man, but it's just like he just I don't know. Whatever. He's, yeah. I mean, even more um, ideally, like Ayala would be there in the first place. Yeah. Ayala doesn't have to. Uh, Ayala is there in the first place. Paredes has shifted over. Char has shifted over. I mean, somebody. Everybody. Anybody. Every. All of our center mids are basically just like they're standing there with their dicks in their hands. Um, wow. And the ball comes in. It gets dinked back again. It's a clever little play, a little one-two dummy, and then the their winger makes a run in behind. A little chipped ball through the middle, and there's just an enormous gap. Mm-hmm. And once once that ball is played, Ayala tries to because uh, Zuperich tries slides over to try to cut it out. Ayala tries to go back to cut off the runner, but at this point, like we're too late. If they unless they screw up, we really can't defend it. And they just dink the ball over cross, and it's a tap in header. Yeah. So I mean, it's like a lot of times, like I, I, I like a lot of times when we go over goals, we like to kind of like assign blame and stuff, or like see like what went wrong. And this like what went wrong was like several steps before the goal actually, like, got scores. Like, at least, mm-hmm. like, three three or four passes before the goal was, like, where we were already screwed. And it just takes simple steps to exploit those at that yeah, point. Yeah, it's and like, if, if you it's play... It's like in chess when you gain a one-piece advantage and all you gotta do is trade your way down. Yep, yep, exactly. That's my strategy. Exactly. <laughs> uh, okay. Anyway. What was the other, what was the other moment? Up. The, other, the other moment, I think, the only thing that was interesting, and this is not, like, there's nothing even really to say about it, it was just the chance at the end. Yeah, with Perez. Like, okay, I'm glad you mentioned that because a lot of the other pods and just kind of narratives about this game were just all doom and gloom. Like, oh my god, this sucked. Like, there's no way we deserved a point out of this. Like, oh my god. We low-key did deserve a point out of this at the end. And I've seen a lot of hate on Gio's subs and stuff, too. His subs made the game better. One of his subs scored the goal. Moreno got the assist. And Blanco is Blanco. Like, of course you bring him on. Yeah, uh, people are mad. Like, oh, why are we bringing on two center backs at the end of the game? We're chasing a goal. Well, one of them is Bill Tuiloma, who is our leading, leading goal, goal scorer. scorer. The other one is Zach McGraw, who if you haven't seen Zach McGraw like stand and walk around. It's <laughs> a pretty big guy. Wouldn't want to defend Zach McGraw on a corner. And also, yeah. this is not a new thing. Gio's been doing this for a while now. He even did it in the Club America match. He brought on Zach McGraw yeah. as a late substitute. So, uh, I get it. It's not ideal. I mean. You don't want your center back, your backup center back, to be your leading goal scorer. You don't want Zach McGraw to be your best attacking threat left coming off the bench. Yeah, but that's where we're at. So, that's where we're at. Yeah, we'll we'll have a little geo discourse later, but um, in general, yeah, that Paredes chance at the end was was really annoying. That that I really just, I'm not sure I've ever seen a ball strike the goal at that like angle before. Yeah, like right I in tell the very top corner, hit. like post and crossbar, and like. Fires straight back out from like that angle, with that pace as well. Yeah, he smacked that thing. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, I guess you, I, you could probably say that he should be putting that lower because there's really no need to go high. Just hit it hard and low, and you're probably right. But is there a lot of I, bodies in the way? I don't know. It's it's a weird spot. It hits the crossbar and the post. Yeah, it's like, pretty close to being a goal anyway. It's pretty unlucky. Also, I don't know. Blanco's follow up like. That one could have been lower, but oh yeah, Blanco Loki screwed the follow up. But anyways, I honestly Nathan had a decent chance. Um, couple of other yeah, Nathan's kind of better at heading. He's not very physically imposing. But if you look at the if you look at the one that he had, I mean, it's just such a difficult ball to get power on. Like I don't know. Well, that's the thing about great strikers, right? Is they create power when yeah, not supposed to have it. No, no, I'm not saying Nathan's supposed to be that level of header guy, but whatever. Um, it's anyway. a third loss in a row, and it really fucking sucks. Yeah. Oh, um, I don't know. Ivicic made a couple of nice saves. Couldn't really do anything about the goals, so I guess. Yeah. Um, good for him. 
their second goal, I mean, our for our goal is really nothing to even say about, you know, deflected cross, yeah. two Loma <laughs> scores. You know, Good for okay. Bill, although um, unfortunate that he that uh, New Zealand couldn't yeah. pull through against. Uh, were they playing Costa Rica? Costa Rica. That was yeah. an ugly game. Yeah, Navas stood on his head, of course. Um, oh. All right. What was what's the next thing on our list? Oh no! Here? I remember the only other thing is Zuperich uh, okay. like was basically taking a nap on their second goal. Oh like, yeah, came off the post. Yes. I mean, he wasn't even moving, and then they just tapped it in, and it's like, uh, hold on. Here's a good question that I've been wondering about: uh, Who is your ideal center back pairing right now? If you're Geo and you're picking the lineup for, well, you're picking the lineup tomorrow for Saturday's game. Um, find a way to clone Tuiloma. I don't know <laughs> into two people. Because I called him the backup earlier just because he wasn't starting. But he, I mean, he's our best player right now. Yeah. I mean, he's been he's been solid on defense. You know, not amazing, but he's been solid on defense. And he's been our best attacking player at center back. Yeah. At but, center like, back. Who, who's the second one? I've, some people, like, really want Zach McGraw to start. There's, there's a small Zach McGraw hive building. I have not. To be honest, I've been... <laughs> I For a really long time, I've said that I thought that both Zubrich and Mabiala are solid, average MLS defenders, and I've got no problem with them. I've been very unimpressed with this them This year, recently. they've been... They've been both of them. I've been GI. unimpressed with both of them, and I honestly couldn't say which one I would rather have. Hmm. I think historically, I would say Mabiala, because I've always kind of liked Mabiala, but... He's just not. He's not seeming that good this year. And neither is Zuperich. I honestly don't know. <laughs> I, I just want. I just want more Bill. I want more mm. Bill. Zach doesn't factor in at all for you. There's no. You wouldn't start Zach. I'm asking you. You're the coach. You put I don't together think, your team. I sheet. don't think Zach is good enough yet to want to be a starting center back. I like Zach. I think he's got aspects of his game that I like, but I I don't think he's polished enough yet to really be someone you want to be starting. Hmm. Um. So Tuiloma and. Mabiala, or just like pick one out of a hat between Mabiala. I would and just Zuperich. pick. I would just pick one out of a hat. To okay. be honest. <laughs> Rock paper scissors. Yeah, let him let him flip a coin. Something like Penalty that. shootout at the end of training. <laughs> see who gets the starting spot. Yeah. Um, anyway. Okay. Uh, everyone else Miami. pretty much played like shit uh, that we didn't mention already. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so cu- coming out of this break here. The Timbers play at LA Galaxy. Then we have home games against Colorado and Houston. Then we go away to Nashville, which is a tough game, before that away game to Seattle. I'll stick to those five right now because, like, that's the most immediate future. Uh, And actually, the schedule gets somewhat easier after that. So, first five games coming out of this break. That's the next uh, month, almost. Uh, what do you what do you want to see in general before we get to results? Like, what do you want to see in general oh, from God. the team? How can they improve? How can and don't improve? say everything. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, that was my original, but when you said don't say results, like, I mean, okay, okay. So in terms of in terms of style of play, I would like to see us create chances and play better defense. <laughs> okay, no, no, okay. okay. <laughs> that's, a, that's a bullshit answer. Um, oh man, I really don't know. There's so many things I want to say. Like, okay, if I'm if I'm gonna narrow it down to a couple of things, I think oh, if I'm narrow down to one thing, I guess intensity. Ooh, I like that because I think that we have seen not every game and not every part of every game, but in general, much less intensity from this team this season than we're used to seeing from Timbers teams. Hmm. 
What does intensity look like? Like just players running harder, players going into tackles harder. It's 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 players playing with belief. Yeah, that, that's part of it. You know, playing with energy. You know, stamina, fitness, that stuff. But it's not like you know. I think the players are in worse shape this season. But mm. it's like hard when you're not getting the results, when you're not playing well. You know, when you're 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 playing against bad teams and not getting their results. It's demoralizing. You know, you can tell when a team looks kind of demoralized. They're not really. They're not fighting as hard as they need to. They're not. They're not trying to win the ball back as hard. Mm-hmm. Um, they're putting their heads down a lot when things don't go their way, and that's really not ever been a mark of the Timbers. Mm. Um, and I feel like we've I've seen more of that this season than I have with maybe any of our teams past since that's eh, maybe a great since point. like early that. Timbers. Is that's uh, a Geo's anyway, thing? And it's too. not. And it's, it's not been. It's not been every game, and it's not been every part of every game. I'm not trying to say that like we look dead out there 24/7, but I've seen a lot of time, a lot of moments, a lot of games, and not even just not like blowouts, like close games where the we last don't, three games, yeah, where we look like we really lack intensity, we lack belief. You know, it looks like a team low on confidence, low on energy. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I mean, like that. why? I why like does that to change? Why is San Jose the team thinking they should be getting the game winner in that game? Why is Philadelphia coming out on the front foot in Providence Park? I mean, I can't really blame them for Miami, again, because, like, you're playing in a fucking, like, sauna. Yeah. But, I mean, you are professionals, and it is your job to go play, and you are getting paid a bunch of money to do it. So, it would be nice if you showed some more intensity in that game. Uh-huh. Um, but, yeah, I think that's a great point. I was going to say something like finishing, but that that's also seems so generic that, like... We could use a lot. There's a lot we could use. Well, speaking of that, Felipe Mora is coming back. He will be healthy. Thank the Lord. When we come back. Um, so if anything, that's a nice little morale boost for the team. Yeah. Uh, which they, as you said, I think they could desperately use. Um, in general, though, so expectations then results-wise for these next five games. I'll read them again. At Galaxy, home against Colorado and Houston, at Nashville, at Seattle. The Galaxy game... I mean, the Galaxy are good right now, or this season at least, but they might be fake good. I think from those first three games, six points is a fair threshold. Listen, we need to survive these games. Oh boy. This is a tough, this is a tough, this is a tough run of games. Yeah, those five are very tough, especially the road games. We need to, we need to survive these five games and get decent points out of them. We don't need to, we don't need to launch ourselves back into the playoff picture from these couple games. But we need to survive them. We need to get some points, build some momentum, and then we need to turn it on. Okay, so let's put a value on it then. Like, out of these five, there's 15 potential points. I mean, 10 seems a little unreasonable. Oh, 10 is... I would not... I'm not looking for 10. Untenable. I'm not even looking for 8. These are against five uh, playoff teams, mind you, right now. I mean, if we can get... If we can get seven points from these games... Even six points from these games. If we get six or seven points from these games... I think that we will still have a decent chance of building the momentum we need and push turning this into a playoff push. Hmm. But if we get like if we get like three or four points from these games, not only is it going to be just like looking really bad results, like mathematically wise, mm-hmm. but I think that like our confidence is going to just be it's going it's looking really bad for the rest of the season if we can't get like a decent number of points from these games. Yeah, because as I says, it it does let up after that. Um, you can go read the schedule yourself and see, but the the schedule does genuinely let up a little bit after that. I mean, there's games against Vancouver, San Jose, Toronto, SKC, both suck this year. Um, I mean, to be honest though, it still looks pretty tough now. I'm looking at it. Two games against Minnesota, they're always tough. 
Colorado and Houston, I guess, are right outside the playoff picture right now. So I that's technically wrong. But they're both one point behind Seattle, uh, who's at the last playoff spot. Which, by the way, are you fucking kidding me, man? This is the one year where we had some semblance of a shot of like finishing higher than the Sounders in the standings. And even though they lost Xiao Paolo, they they still managed to oh casual you know we're casually sitting on 19 points from 13 matches. Like yeah, I fuck I can't fucking stand these people, man. Um, okay, I'm sorry, Houston and Colorado. I don't care where they ever are in the standings. When they're playing in Providence Park, those should always be wins. Oh, always. those are the two. Okay, I was misreading that. Yeah, no, no. So okay, play, oh, yeah, okay. Well, that's, that's, that's the problem better. though. Is we play at Galaxy, at Nashville, and at Seattle. Okay, yeah, we should be getting, we should be looking to get seven, eight points in these games for sure. Okay, okay. I like. I that. mean, of the road games are tough. The road games are incredibly tough. But both, both. I mean, Colorado, Houston. We should be trying to get at least four points from. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, and let me. And see then if we can just pick up a couple of points, we can win one of those road games. Pick up a couple of ties. Um, will be in okay shape. Uh, there will be some short rest on some of these. Like Houston is on a Wednesday, so Galaxy and Rapid games are both on Saturdays, so that's normal. Then we get Houston on a Wednesday, and then travel to Nashville for the Sunday game. That is brutal. Um, and then we play at Seattle on a Saturday again. So that one, we'll be going to that game. By the way, yeah. Uh, us and, and our good buddy Jake, who doesn't listen to this podcast, um. We will be in attendance for that. But, uh, yeah, the Rapids and Dynamo games should definitely be wins. But overall, for the rest of the season then, I mean, the Timbers are sitting on... um, Where did my standings go? We are in 12th in the Western Conference, which is third from the bottom, in case you can't haven't kept up with the expansion. We are officially below the Vancouver Whitecaps on points. uh, 15 games each into this season. Yeah, um, so and a lot of the teams, a lot of the teams ahead of us have games in hand too. They do. Uh, San it's, Jose it's a, does not. It's a very bad start to the season. We are tied on points with San Jose. Put put, put it that way. Yeah, who've already fired their coach um, a long time yeah. ago and yeah. actually got better. But uh, so realistic expectation for the back half of this season. <sighs> realistic. I mean. To be honest, I think at this point in the season, realistically, cannot be surprised if we don't make the playoffs. I agree. Cannot be surprised. Does that mean, like, most likely outcome, maybe like 8th or ninth, hopefully fighting for playoffs, but maybe we narrowly miss out? I think most that, likely. I think outcome? that if it weren't for, like, the whole timber shtick of sucking the first half of the season and then going on a massive run that we do every single year, mm-hmm. I would say that there's absolutely no reason to expect us to make the playoffs. But with Mora coming back, which solves one of our huge problems, Blanco getting hopefully. healthy, um, a couple other guys hopefully coming back, we we will... I feel like it's not unreasonable to expect that we can still make the playoffs this year. I agree. That said, I'm not going to say I would bet on it exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder if there are odds for that somewhere. I should have looked that up beforehand. That would um, be interesting. But I would have to assume that the odds do not have Portland making the playoffs. Oh, yeah, of course not. Especially considering, I mean, we did this exercise a while ago, but, like, look at the teams who are jumping into the playoffs that weren't there last year. Dallas, Austin. uh, I don't think the Galaxy made the playoffs last year. Uh, Nashville did, but they were in the East. 
So, I mean, that's one, two, three, four spots that are... T- oh, LAFC didn't make the playoffs last year. They're yeah. first right now. The only teams that made the playoffs last year that did that are currently in line for this year are Salt Lake and Seattle. I think. I think that's right. Really? I, let me look at... Let me pull up last year's standings to confirm that. But, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure... Uh, yeah, yeah. Salt wow. Lake and Seattle. And guess what? Salt Lake, and they're like flipped in position right now because Salt Lake finished uh, seventh and Seattle are in seventh and Seattle finished second and right now Salt Lake are in, well, third, but tied for second. So, damn. Whew, I know that's a mouthful. I know that's a lot to keep track of, but uh, <laughs> a lot of good teams in the Western Conference. Um, MLS is a league of parity. If you don't keep getting better, you will get worse yeah. automatically. Um, so that transitions us to our next thing. Um, well, actually, no, sorry, sorry. Before we talk about transfer stuff, uh, I want to mention a couple things. The first thing is that in a recent interview, or I think it was just after the Miami game, maybe it was after that, I don't remember, Jimmy Char said something interesting. He said the locker room is in a better place now than it was at this time last year, which seems odd. Although we did start huh. the year slowly last season, and obviously we know how we ended it on a pretty high note. Well, I mean, not the end end, but yeah. the, the rest of the end. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't... I mean, we weren't in 12th at this point last year. I know we were bad, but there's no there's no way we were this bad. Yeah, uh, see, that's... That is strange to me. This... this Especially going back to like what I was saying earlier about like, it, seems like, it seems like there's like a lack of desire sometimes in the games... Which does not point towards a good locker room at all. No. So, I mean, maybe he was referring, maybe there was personnel issues that we didn't know about. Maybe they are just physically tired on the field. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, if the locker room is is in is feeling good, then I guess that's a good thing. I mean, you yeah. don't want everybody at each other's heads. Uh, I mean, I'm working for Lane United right now, and they actually do have a... I mean, there's a noticeable better locker room culture than there was last season and the results aren't that much better from the basement dwelling we did last season uh so yeah i don't know um that's something to keep an eye on i guess i don't really know how you keep an eye on on that i guess that's kind of my job i'm the one who's supposed to do that but yeah whatever um yeah 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 uh, so that's cool. All right. So if the Timbers finish wooden spoon, say worst case scenario happens and either by virtue of injuries or by virtue of just sucking, we like lose all these games and, uh, we, we take the wooden spoon from three time reigning champs, um, FC Cincinnati. How are we feeling? Like in general, you know, we'd have to blow up the whole roster would you keep Geo? Would you give him another chance? Like if we wouldn't spoon. If we wouldn't spoon, or like just as bad, like one of the worst. If we're one of the worst teams in the league by by season's end, how do you feel about Geo? Um, uh, I, I I I really don't know what we do because again, I I've, I've always I've talked about this before on the pod. Is I I think that in general managers are sacked way too easily mm-hmm. after, after just one bad season or not even a bad season, you know, a bad start to the season, even yeah. if you've been a great manager for years. Um, and Gio has certainly been a great manager for years for us. Um, but what yeah. do we change? What do we do? I mean, the whole, the whole idea of the Timbers is that like, we still had a lot of good players and we just needed to like 
get some new young guys, which we've been trying to do to like help like augment the team while we've been while we've been phasing out these older guys. But like we always thought we were still going to be good. Yeah, the plan was that we were still a good team. If we if it turns out we actually suck, even when everyone's healthy and with the full squad and with the new people we brought in. What I I really don't know. I honestly don't. Mm. I mean, we could fire Geo. I'm I'm not. I don't know if that's the best choice. But that's what I'm asking is as a fan, like, would you have a, would you throw your hat in the ring and say like, yeah, Gio should be out? Or are you just not that kind of fan? Do you have takes? I don't know. I don't really talk to you about this. Like, do you have takes as a fan? Because <laughs> I try to stay away from that. As, I, as I definitely, I definitely, line. I definitely have takes. Um, again, I would be very understanding of people who would say they want Gio out. To be honest, it's hard right now because well, ask me again if we actually wouldn't spoon. Okay. And, and I'll see, and I'll give you an answer about Gio. Because right, yeah, right now, I would say no, even if, but I, I feel like if I actually have to watch us be the worst team in MLS for another half season, I might change my mind. <laughs> Interesting. Because uh, uh, the point I wanted to bring up is right now, I mean, it seems like yesterday, it's, it still seems like Gio is the new guy. A little bit, for whatever reason. Uh, he's the fifth longest tenured head coach in MLS. What? Yeah. No. Yes, he is. We're looking at the list right oh now. Oh my god, Caleb Porter is sixth. The five, the five people in front of him are Peter Vermees at Kansas City, who's been there since 2009. Uh, and he's also like the president, or not the president, he's also the GM. So like, yeah. he, he's there. He's there for the long haul. Uh, Jim Curtin in Philly, who, for good reason, I mean, he's done some incredible things there. But he started in 2014. So every coach except Peter Vermees has has at least changed jobs, if not been fired, since 2014 or 2013. That's amazing. That's crazy. Uh, Brian Schmetzer is third on this list, and here's the Siggy Schmidt replacement. Um, Adrian Heath fourth, which is on Minnesota from Minnesota United. Minnesota United oh have the fourth longest tenured head coach in MLS. This is ridiculous. And then it's Gio joining in 2018. Um, which is crazy. I mean, that's not to say he's the fifth most experienced head coach. I mean, Caleb Porter and Bruce Arena are right below him. I would both say they have more experience in MLS. Someone like uh-huh. Oscar Pere has been around for quite a while. Like Gonzalo Pineda, although he's been an assistant for a while, he's still got a lot of uh, you know experience. Bob Bradley, someone like that. But anyways, I mean, I still think Gio is a top – I think there's an argument that he's a top 10 MLS head coach – I mean, he's made oh, yeah. two finals and one MLS is back. Again, whatever caveat you want to throw on that. I mean, whenever people talk about it, it's like it never happened. And it's like, okay, you don't have to totally discount it, but just don't, just don't, you don't, know, don't, think don't, of it don't as don't MLS. Don't too much meaning to it, you know? Yeah, you know, maybe not put a banner up for it, unless you're Merritt Paulson, but um, whatever. I... I like Gio. I think he's a good head coach. I think he should be here for a while. Uh, and even if we get the wooden spoon, I would still... I don't necessarily think I would be out for his head. Uh, but I don't know. I, I like to not have opinions about things once in a while. I've been not having opinions about the Blazers lately, and it's like the best thing that's ever happened to me. Really? Yeah, man. Um, yeah, only... it's been like that for... Oh, since it's been, been like basically since the start of the season for me. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, we, once we just, yeah. I mean, I, I think I stopped watching the Blazers after like week two because I was like, "All right, I hate this." Um, it was hard, 
And then and then I and then every and then every, I watched a couple other games after like oh like oh, I try to get back into it you know I should really I should really get back into it and I'd be like nope 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 this sucks and then and then after like once Sam got injured it's over and after I after I did that a couple times I was like yeah no I just can't anymore um, I would like actively I would rather do nothing than watch the Blazers if I have nothing going on I would rather sit on my couch and like drink water yeah and yeah. or like stare at my phone or watch a YouTube video. Or watch a random MLS game than watch a Blazers game. Hey, shout out. Hey, let's go. Um, the only Blazers take I have is that we should draft Ben Matherin because he's a fucking beast. Uh, and I watched like four of his games while he played for Arizona. But that's right. not even a serious opinion. That's just, you know. Whatever. Uh, all right, next talking point. What's on our list here? Um, uh, all right, next transfer window. What do we need? Uh, give me one position that we need the absolute most <laughs> do i have to guess <laughs> well i know what all of you guys are thinking what position could we possibly use someone in we have so many good players at every position but i think there's one that maybe we could get just a little bit better at maybe just a little bit and uh i think that's striker no, oh. i'm just shitting you it's right back okay <laughs> <laughs> no, i'm kidding i'm kidding I mean, it's you're right. not wrong it's, it's, it's obvious it's obviously right back um we have Maybe the two worst right backs in the entire MLS competing with each other for the spot. Yeah, um, and that's not good. That's not good. It's no. not. It's very bad. If you if you go back and rewatch um, the goals that Timbers get scored on for us, it's actually kind of uncommon to watch a goal that they scored where Van Rankin did not fuck up at least once on the play. Hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then, then there's Bodier, which I'm not going to get into. But <laughs> point is, we need another right back, uh, or we need Van Rankin to fucking revert back to his 2020 form, mm. 2019, whatever year it was that he was actually good. Was um, it 2020? It might have been 2020. I think it was. 20. Well, we signed him in 2020. Yeah, so it was, was probably 2020. Yeah. That was whenever we signed him that he was yeah. you know, actually decent. Um, um. Yeah, I agree. Uh, also, right back is not a position that should have you know it shouldn't be difficult to sign yeah, right back yeah um and that's that's what the front office was thinking when they signed bravo and van rankin they were like all right these two guys are going to be with us for a while like these are our long-term solutions and we just we expect that they will be like above average mls fullbacks and then we won't have to bat an eye or worry about them last year that was the case for the second half of the season like they were really solid. We didn't have to worry about them. Like nobody was worried about Bonia or Van Rankin having to fight for a starting job. It's really sad that we're at that point now. Yeah. Um, and like, I, I mean, I don't really have a problem with Bravo that much. I think he could play better. I'm at the point with Van Rankin where like, buddy, just just get out. <laughs> just just give me somebody else. Yeah. Um, his loan expires on June 30th, if I remember correctly. Um, and so, yeah. Uh, All right. Sorry, Chivas. I, I don't think we'll be renewing that one. I'm afraid not. By the way, that is one of those, like, bookmarks where, um, that's one of those events where if the front office does re-sign Van Rankin to any sort of deal, uh, or any sort of loan, like, that is something you can genuinely get angry about, uh, just off top. Like, sometimes in angry. these discussions, I, I don't, you know, again, sometimes it's nice to not have an opinion, like, you stay out of it. Oh, maybe they know something we can't. Like these are people paid to watch film and like figure these things out. Van In this Rankin. case, you know, we already know Van Rankin has some sort of dirt on the front office. I, 
I guess probably, so. probably wouldn't be difficult to have dirt on this front office. Oh, I think though. everybody's got dirt on yeah. this front office at this point. <laughs> um, uh, what a twist that would be, though. Um, but anyways, yeah, give me, give me fucking like, all right, give me an MLS vet, somebody who's had experience here before. Uh, you remember Chris Duvall? Of course, I, I liked Chris Duvall. Chris Duvall was great. He was I, solid. He did what he was supposed to do. I was and a huge fan of Chris Duvall. He, I was disappointed that we got rid of him. To be and, honest, I, I thought. I mean, I get that he's not the world's best right back, but he did his job well. He, he added to the team. Um, I, I felt like I knew what I was getting every game from him. I really liked Chris Duvall. And I, I'd love to have Chris Duvall back. Yeah, I, mean, I don't only, know if he's. I don't even know where he's at if he's still playing or what, but. There was literally one moment in Chris Duvall's Timbers career that stood out. And it was that banger against Seattle that got oh, called. Oh, that was BS. so sickening. Um, that was, such that was the one game. moment that stood out. And guess what? That's exactly what you're right was back it, was, it, was it like foul in the buildup or something like that? I, it was back some, I think it was like an offside, someone standing like a, in front like of the a, keeper. It was like a, VA, it was like a VAR. It was a VAR. A VAR thing. I, it was bullshit. That's all I remember. And then we went on to lose, I think. But yeah, anyways. Um... Give me Chris Duvall, or maybe he's too old now. Give me somebody like Chris Duvall. Yeah, exactly. Uh, somebody who's just Chris experienced Duvall-esque. enough in MLS. And, I mean, that's historically what our right backs have been, I think. Like Michael Harrington or, like, Zarek Valentin. Like, maybe had Alvis Powell, too. Who Alvis was, Powell. I guess he was a young guy I, when he I, came I, in. I'd say Alvis Powell is probably is a different type of player than, like, a... How about bring back Alvis Powell? Honestly. <laughs> I'd take Alvis Powell. Yeah, I'd... Zarek Valentin was such a funny player because if you look at him like technically on the ball, he's the least talented player I've ever seen in professional soccer, like technically on the ball. But he didn't need to be because he was really good at 1v1 defending. He was pretty physical. He was fast enough. And he didn't do anything that he knew he couldn't do. Like yeah. he knew he couldn't dribble. He knew he couldn't take people on. He knew he couldn't shoot or cross or any of that stuff really. So he didn't try. He just played the simple passes, simple first touch, simple pass every time. And you know what? Yeah, it didn't add a whole lot. It didn't add anything really, but we didn't lose the ball. And then he played good defense. When you you have players like Sebastian Blanco on the team, you don't need to do extraordinary stuff from right back. It's like, you know what? Okay. Like that was very, that was fine. You know, he was a solid right back despite having next to no technical ability. Yeah, so give me in this in this for this team, this iteration of the Timbers. God, give me a, give me give me the scallenge with uh with Zarek Valentin. The scallenge? I want to see if Zarek Valentin <laughs> can beat a random average soccer player off the dribble one. What is one. the scallenge? You haven't heard of the scallenge? No, what you know, is the scallenge? Oh, you remember Brian Scalabrini, <laughs> right? Oh, remember that? Uh, anyway, for those of you who might not have heard of this, uh, Brian Scalabrini was an NBA player for a super long time with the Celtics. He was on he was on them when they were good, um, and he almost never played. It was this big, he was uh, yeah, yeah. He's a he's a scrub. He was this big, you know, heavy set, white redhead guy. He was a locker room guy. He was a locker room guy. Yeah, you know? <laughs> he was on the team for like nine years, you know. And, and he, been, everyone always made fun of him. You know, like the worst player in the NBA. You know, he's so yeah. bad. But he was like the worst player in the NBA for years and years and years. And he was still in the rings, NBA. So. You know, the worst players in the NBA don't stay in the NBA. They're out in a year or less, um, two years, out in three years. You know, he was in the NBA for like ten years. So like, but it was like, could you? Anyway, people were constantly shitting on him online, and he basically hosted this thing called the Scallons, where he invited a bunch of players <laughs> to come play him one-on-one. Like, random people. Like, some of them were, like, rec guys. I like, think one of the guys, the guy who played in the finals, was, like, an XD1 player. Um, and he just dicked all over him, beat him, like, 11-0. Like, <laughs> and it was, like, so, like, ah! <laughs> and they had, like, commentator, they had awesome. commentators for it. It's pretty funny. You should look it up if you haven't seen it. Uh, I but I actually want one of those with Zarek Valentin. 
Because obviously, I don't think I don't think people could really get past him, you know, 1v1. But I want to see if he could actually... Like, could he beat me off the dribble? I actually don't know. Like, I feel like he probably couldn't even. Like, I've watched him try to dribble. It's bad. It's bad. Yeah. He's called himself out. I remember he tweeted, like, a video of himself one time. Or, like, somebody tweeted him a video of him, like, losing the ball, just dribbling it straight out of the bounds. Oh, I remember that. Bounds. He was like... That was an, that was an early MLS moment. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um... And he totally played it off. He was like, oh, yeah, you know, I hope uh, you had more fun making this than I did with my dribbling skills or something like that. Yeah. Uh, he's just self-aware of it. Yeah. And, and, he, nice he, and he really yeah. is a good 1v1 defender. I mean, like, if he, he, is, he is actually a solid defender. He's good in the air. I mean, he, he does everything well on defense. I mean, I'm not even trying to say that, like, I think people would be, like, tearing him up. Um, but, like, could he actually dribble past somebody? Mm. All right. I don't, a- I don't know. I honestly don't know. I'd love to see it. Maybe, maybe he could, and I'm talking out of my I ass. I want to insert somebody in this conversation like who could dribble past you. Uh, Jorge Marrera. Would you rather have... <laughs> Jorge Marrera would absolutely fucking ghost me. Would you rather have Jorge Marrera or Zarek Valentin as a uh, replacement on this team? Interesting. Interesting. Marrera... Or like Marrera, a Jorge Marrera esque or Yeah, Marrera is like the absolute like inverse of Zarek Valentin. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh... Because he got forward a lot, made enough attacking contributions to God. get like a team of the year shout for MLS. I think we, or best I eleven. I probably want Marrera, just given how stagnant our offense has been. He could like, I mean, his crossing, you know, uh, gives us something that we need. I, are those things? Did get are those things Van Rankin can't uh, do? Because um, I think he can do those things. Have you watched him play this season? I mean, I don't think he is doing those things, but I think he he could. I mean, I, I mean, I guess he could defend too, and he's not doing that either. So. Yeah, I. <laughs> this is a tough one because, like, uh, it really is a tough question. I because I think that we've definitely seen defensive liabilities on our team, but I also think we've seen just like a lot of inability to create quality offense, quality chances. Mm. And that was something that Marrera always was good with. He's always good for getting forward, getting in good spots, and whipping in dangerous crosses. Um. I mean, I love chaos players, and Morera is the ultimate chaos Marrera. player. Alvis so Powell was also a big chaos player. Oh, yeah, man. It's funny. I feel like we've had like player. Alvis Powell, Jorge Morera, huge chaos right backs. Yeah. Um, Valentina Duval, the exact opposite. Yeah. And then yeah. Van Rankin, solid. who is actually probably also a chaos player, but like in a bad but way. In, not, but like not in like the fun. <laughs> like you never know what you're going to get. In like you know exactly you know what you're getting. Just don't know when you're getting it. <laughs> Um. All right. So there's that. Uh, sign sign an experienced MLS right back of right back. Uh, you know, I could look through a list and and pull out some names, but I'm not going to because that would waste your time. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't prepare for it on this podcast. So go know. look yourself. You know, scroll through a list of MLS players on like uh, American Soccer Analysis or Football Reference or something. Like go go look at names and be like, oh, this guy's. You know, this team has a good right back. I'm sure that they wouldn't mind getting rid of their backup. Uh, and then poach one. Or play a kid. Um, like, seriously, just just bring up some academy kid and, and play him. Um, I guess that's kind of what we're doing with Bonilla. But, I mean, at this else, rate, that's why I would else. rather see Bonilla. <laughs> I would rather see Bonilla than, than Van Rankin out there at this point. Because at least it's someone gaining experience who 
Has he gotten could. better though? Has he gotten better? Since no, he, like, he hasn't. Like but years? you know, it might happen at some point, uh, and it's better than Van Rankin getting worse as yeah. a like thirty year old or however old he is. Loney. He's not on the. He's not part of like. He, he's. It's just he's not under contract with the Timbers. He's on loan. This is just so depressing. I don't want to talk about right backs anymore. <laughs> all right. Well, let's talk about strikers then. Um, do you think the Timbers need? All right. All right. Sorry. Let me rephrase this question. How many scoreless Felipe Mora appearances back in the squad will you need before you think we need to buy a striker? I, I don't want to buy a striker. Because okay. we already have Nij Goda. So like 10? Is he right? Okay, if he goes 10 <laughs> scoreless again. What we mean, Nij Goda's a DP. He's and we DP. have Mora. Like, yeah. we, we can't need a striker. <laughs> I agree. Even if we do need a striker, we can't need a striker. Like... We can't afford. We had we have two. We, have so many other we have two strikers that are supposed to both be high level starting caliber strikers. If neither of them are, we can't just go out and sign a third striker without moving on, moving one of them on. Like, I don't know. I don't know. We can't need a striker. I don't want. If if we need a striker, I just blow up the team. Because like a month ago, we were talking about needing a striker, and then we like publicly, the club was saying we want to buy a striker, and then they just signed Nathan. Which again, I think. Would have been a good. I talk, we talked about this at the time. I think that would have been a good thing. Like signing Nathan would have been a good thing if you didn't build it up like it was going to be some crazy expensive signing. Like they yeah, did. that was just stupid. Um, so other than than right back, then what's your next list of uh, positional need for this team? Another solid midfielder, another uh, exciting winger, like. Um, Brian Fernandez, godly center forward, might be nice, but I I don't care. Just give Brian Fernandez <laughs> as much coke as he wants. Oh, Let him come back. Oh Just give him as much coke as he wants. I don't even care anymore. Uh, the Double Post podcast does not endorse uh, cocaine. <laughs> when it comes to Brian Fernandez, he can or... do what he wants. There, there's a Brian Fernandez exception. Oh, Jesus Christ! He All right. He can do whatever he wants, man. Before I just want to Before we get banned from Spotify, let's, let's <laughs> keep going along this list. Are you kidding me? Spotify signed Joe Rogan to a huge <laughs> oh, deal. Jesus Christ. Fucking Joe Rogan, man. Oh, God. we are not going into the Joe Rogan discourse right now. I will um, not get into the Joe Rogan discourse because it makes this will be three times as long. All right. Uh, well, we've burned, we've burned 45 minutes of complaining about the Timbers. Let's complain about something else. Oh, by the way, by the way, for transfers, uh, be be an informed fan. The transfer window opens July seventh and ends August fourth. Uh, so, don't say why haven't we signed anybody yet? Because that's not how it works. Okay, good to know. Um, USMNT, such a national team. Yeah, national Recently team, a team that we can actually surprisingly be proud of. Yeah, uh, I saw a tweet the other day that was like, or maybe it was today that said. We went from a midfield of uh, Will Trapp and Jackson Ewell to uh, Eunice Musa, Weston McKinney, and Tyler Adams. Yeah. In about a year, year and a half, something like that. Um, I don't know. I mean, in our I, in our notes, it just says USMNT. So, like, what do you want to talk about with this team? Obviously, they qualified for the World Cup. Check. Done. Uh we're now in Nations League, which is a lot less important than in a lot of other uh, confederations. Um, what are you excited about with this team? What, what are your thoughts on this team? Um, my thoughts on this team is that I'm very excited. Yes. I, 
I think we're not for based on what we've seen in this international break. I would have liked to see a little bit more heading into the World Cup. Ah, okay, okay. To be honest, I thought we were very inconsistent. Yes, we were in the in the games leading up. And the I think, shit out of for those who don't. Yeah, know. Hold on, beat I'll, the I'll, shit out of Morocco. Yeah, I'll go over scoreless the, draw with Uruguay that could have been a loss. I'll go over the I'll go over the games real quick. So there's four games um, in the last couple weeks. Yeah, three zero against Morocco. Great result. Yeah, we played Morocco's really well. a good team. World yeah. Cup team. Yeah, uh, that was a uh, that was that was a great result. Uh, I was really happy with that one. Thought we looked really good. We played Uruguay zero zero draw. Although they seem to be pretty clearly the better team. Mm-hmm. Um, we got a little bit lucky. Cavani missed an absolute sitter. Um, that we and Darwin lose. Nunez can't pass. Darwin Nunez can't pass. That's right. Um, like literally, he. Have you seen him try to pass? He. Yeah. He, he physically. No, what, can't did do you it. say he had the lowest pass completion percentage in like the entire league? In like the entire yeah, he has his pass completion percentage. If I remember correctly, at Benfica, was fifty four percent or like fifty five percent, which is. Absolutely atrocious. I mean, even for a striker, even for a striker, even for that's a striker, that is that is really fucking bad. It'll be interesting to see how he if he can pass for Liverpool when and the eye test doesn't help. Um, yeah, no, they blew a big chance because he missed a wide open pass. That should have been one on one. Couple of them, man. Um, Anyways, uh, didn't look great against Uruguay, but. You know, those are those are two trial games. Like you're getting your backups yeah. minutes. You're yeah, and we didn't lose. Minutes. And Uruguay are actually legitimately a top team. Got to like, find out the. When was the last time we played of like a strong game against a top team? Um, I'm not counting Mexico because I don't think Mexico are quite at that level. Really? You don't no. think Mexico are at Morocco's level? What? Oh no, they're at Morocco's or Uruguay's level. level. No, no, I don't think so. Really? No. Especially I... how they've been playing recently. Mexico or Uruguay? Oh, Dude, I, 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 Uruguay. I think people Uruguay. underrate Mexico in general. Like Mexico were a really good national team. They have Mexico a lot of have been a really good national team. I guess okay, I, think, okay. I think current Mexico is a solid national team. All right, team. no, I don't know why I'm arguing this. I'll concede that Mexico are not on Uruguay's level. Yeah. Who who do you consider on Uruguay's level? Like give me some examples here. Like I think like Uruguay is one of those teams, teams that is in the second tier just off of those top tier teams. Really? Yeah. So top tier teams I would say are Argentina, Brazil. France, South America, England, France, Germany. England, Belgium, Germany, Spain, Italy. Portugal, maybe <laughs> <laughs> not Italy, bro, not Italy, and then like Portugal. Portugal. Are, yeah. So like that's like eight, and I'd, I'd say that's probably like the top echelon. I would say Uruguay are like one of the solid teams just outside of that. Okay, you know. Okay. And yeah, I, I mean think they finished what fourth in qual. Yeah, they finished fourth in Bowl qualifying behind. Ecuador, and then those top two in the Yeah, I, I think one. Uruguay is probably one of those teams you're starting to look at once you get out of those eight. Okay. I, I wouldn't say they're first. Um, I don't even know what to say about Italy, man. I mean... <laughs> Italy I, and I, Germany, I, I'm both like, are you good? Are you shit? I can never tell. I don't know. I would, I, would put, I would put Germany over Italy, over um, Uruguay for sure. I don't even know if i put Italy over Uruguay right now. Italy have been just terrible. Well, I'm thinking about Absolutely Germany because, terrible. I mean, the U.S. did beat Germany a few years ago in a friendly... Yeah, but I I don't think that was nearly as intense a friendly as this one. A long was. time ago, too. Because remember, like not not no, Bobby Wood was on that team. Yeah, though. I don't. Germany was not playing a full strength eleven for sure in that game. Um, I mean, not that it was like scrubs. Not that Uruguay wasn't in this game. Uruguay had a pretty strong team. It wasn't probably full strength. They didn't have Suarez. They didn't have Suarez. Um, and Cavani came off the bench. Well, but other yeah. than that, other than that, their, their midfield was strong. like sec- it was like their B team midfield. Was it really? 
I that's what the scuffed had... guys said. I think if I was maybe I'm maybe I'm tripping. Maybe I'm thinking of something else. I'm getting my all right. Well, maybe not. Either way, um, it's pretty. It's a pretty good team. Yeah, a good team. Definitely good a team, team that's better than us right now. Um, yep. Really, zero zero drop. Uruguay, dude. Charlie, let's come on, bro. If what you're saying is true, and that was their second team, they were clearly better than us for that game. Clearly. I mean, yeah, but it's not like we didn't have our chances. Yunus Musa bossed in that game, man. Yunus Musa, there's well. an argument that Yunus Musa was the best player on the pitch in that game. Full stop. God. Full stop. Watch the comp. It's on YouTube. Uh, I, all right. um, I don't I just remember the game. We'll have to argue with you there. Anyways, um, uh, the USMNT is a great team to watch. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Uh, and you know what? I got to give props to, to the man Triple G. Because I had absolutely zero faith that Greg Berhalter was the right guy to hire. And I think I have been proven wrong so far. All right, we'll see. I'm a little bit less gung-ho than you are. But I, I'm, I'm excited about what I see. And I think that we definitely have the possibility to make a splash at the World Cup. What does make a splash mean? Out of the group stage. Okay. Um, anyway. What is, what is the... Oh, gosh. I mean, I know the answer already. But the problem is, like, like what is a good result... A good result is clear. Getting out of the group stage is a good result in this World Cup. But what's a bad result? Not getting out? Because, like, there's no in-between of getting out or not getting out. A bad... Finishing last, it'd be very bad. Okay. That would be very bad. We should finish above Iran. We should absolutely finish above Iran. Or above Wales. I mean, I don't... Again, everyone's talking about Wales. they got Gareth Bale, who's, you know, a world-class player, and they've got other good players. But Wales are not that great a team, you know? I mean, I think they're they're second. They're favorites. They're favored over us. To make oh, it of out course of the they are because it's the U.S. You know, but like think about it, this is Wales' first but World it, Cup. It's in like, not like Wales haven't made the World Cup since like what, like the '60s, the '50s, something. Yeah, like that? something like that. But I mean, if you're using perception to say like, oh, it's the U.S., then like, oh, it's Wales. They shouldn't make it out. I mean, I'm talking about sports books have Wales as favorites over the U.S. to make it out of the group. I think that in general, people discount America. A lot. Not necessarily that they're always wrong, but I, I, I don't think, I think that like, I mean, I'm not necessarily saying that I expect us to make it out over Wales. I just like, I'm not surprised that people don't think that we're going to make it out over Wales. I don't necessarily think that that means that that's the, the more likely, you know? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Anyway, I, I, I don't know. I, I have a really tough time thinking that like... The Gareth Bale effect is real. He will win a game for them. Like, he will... Here's one bold prediction. Gareth Bale will score a crazy fucking goal in the World Cup group stage. At some point. I don't know if it'll be against us. I don't know if it'll be against Iran. But it'll be bad for us either way. Hopefully it'll so, be against England. Hopefully against England. Actually, probably hopefully not against England. We might want England to just run away with it. Yeah, okay. So when do... The other thing is England just got absolutely destroyed by a Hungary 4-0 in Wembley. No, uh, no, it was in Wembley, oh, yeah, yeah. but in England, either way. Yeah, um, yeah. It was the worst home defeat since like the twenties. And the be- the best thing about this Hungary. is like uh, English media are so English toxic have the that- English might have the worst media for soccer in the world. Like I, I went to the. I mean, I dude, I went. I was to the, I was thinking of that statement, but like, I okay. Give your anecdote, and then I'll give my count. I, I so I went to the I went to the like the National Football Museum in Manchester when I was in England. Yeah, um, yeah. And basically, at the museum, they had an entire section, obviously dedicated to the English national team. And of that section, there was like a whole room 
where they had like a projector and all this stuff that basically was just like talking about the toxicity regarding the England manager. And it was like, I watched this like 15 minute, like mini documentary talking about like how it's like the worst job in the world. Like it's like ruined a bunch of managers careers. Like the people you get death threats constantly. Yeah. Like, like people have like fully gotten like depressed because like the Big English Sam media is just <laughs> absolutely fucking nuts about the team. And there was no, we talked earlier about how managers don't get a lot of leeway. You know, if you have mm-hmm. a couple of bad results, the English managers get absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. You have one bad game after tons of success, and I mean, you'll there'll be the sun will be calling for your head on a platter the next morning. Yep. Here's the thing: is we only speak English and read English, so that kind of zeroes out like. But other most, most of the pool most of other countries candidates. don't have such high expectations. You know? I, know. I mean, how many like? I don't. We don't read anything about. Brazil's national team expectations, like we don't. I I think I mean, you still might be right. I mean, Brazil hasn't had but, the same sort of like constant like drama regarding their coaches that England has. I feel like have they? Like I, I wouldn't. That's so. the thing is if they if they did, I wouldn't know because I'm not Portuguese. I, I mean, Argent- Argentina has been a disaster this last day. Yeah, how about that? that? There's there's some toxicity. Um, but but the other thing about Argentina, and Argentina think, actually won a trophy. The other thing is that Argentina have been terrible. They um, won Copa America last year. Yeah, but that was with their new coach. Oh well, that. Remember how they went through? So like, you're talking about being terrible. They went than through. They went through like five coaches in like four years. I remember. Yeah, they settled on Scaloni. Um, that uh, yeah. that is that's like, I don't know. I, it's hard. Obviously, you know, sacking your coach every nine months is pretty. It's a lot, but. I, I don't get. It. I don't know if that was like too much to the media, and I also think that it wasn't necessarily like crazy blown out of proportion because Argentina were actually terrible. Whereas what I'm talking about is more like wonder, the fact that like being having like like the tiniest things be blown up into like nuclear proportions. I mean, losing four 0 to Hungary isn't a tiny thing. I'm like, not talking they're, about. They're I'm, not talking, that group I'm not talking about four 0 to Hungary. Obviously, that's hugely embarrassing. But I'm saying like before that, like I mean, I'm in talking general about, about English media. That's true. I okay. I I don't know why. This isn't even really where the art, like... Yeah. Yeah, I, you know what? Fine, sure. They are the most toxic in the world. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, they really are terrible. Um, so also, this tabloid culture is so, so huge Yeah, in it really is. And that, like, Daily tab- Mail, The Sun, oh, Atlantic. God, it like, really, it really plays not it. Atlantic. Uh, what's it called? Uh, Atlantic's um, like an American publication. Yeah. Uh, uh, Daily Mail, The Sun, Daily Mirror? Daily Mirror. Uh, uh, there's more. There's more, there's more. Whatever. Um, There's another big one that we're missing. Yeah, right? there is. Anyways, uh, if Southgate doesn't make it out of the group stage, he's gone, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely he's gone. Because, I mean, Italy didn't fire uh, their manager after missing the World Cup, did they? I don't think uh, they did. No. Yeah. It's yeah. a long-term project. And they've been absolutely terrible still. But with Southgate, I mean, I think the consensus is that the long-term project is still going well. Yeah. Up until right now. So if they miss out on the group stage on like some BS or something like tiny margins, like it, it won't sacked. matter. It, it won't matter. Okay. He's gone. It, it's not even that I'm saying that he should be gone, but he'll be gone if they don't make it out of the group stage. Oh my god, he's it's over for him. Yeah. Uh, um. All right. Well. Uh, shoot. Well, what else, else is on our list? Oh, you wanted to oh, talk about... Oh, we also about... didn't talk about the USMNT like at all, really. Oh, no, we really didn't. Yeah, um, I asked you what you were excited about. Anyway, there's we got another games, 5-0 versus Granada. Who cares? Um, that game means nothing, because they're Granada. 
And then we tied El Salvador 1-1, which obviously is a terrible result. But it was in El Salvador, and I don't know if you saw the field, but it was quite possibly the worst field I've ever seen uh, a professional game played on, with the exception of the NYCFC Stadium, which I still think is the worst I've ever seen, no matter what. I, I cannot stand watching games. Uh, no, in Yankee I, Stadium. It, I, you I, can at least disgusting. like like run. The field is tiny. No, you where run where the field is tiny, dude. You, you realize Providence Park used to be that. You're playing on a basketball. Our field court. used to be that. Well, then I had Stockholm syndrome. Okay, and <laughs> now I'm over it. <laughs> oh. Um. Let's see. Anything else? Oh, okay. One thing. One quick thing about the national team. Um. Christian Pulisic. Can he stop giving the ball away for Christ's sakes? Mm-hmm. Do you? Uh, for those of you who watch the national team, just for a game. Count how many times, not just that he loses the ball, count how many times he loses the ball when he absolutely did not need to lose the ball. Takes a dumb touch, goes way too close to a defender, tries to dribble someone when he absolutely should not, like, just, like, loses the ball in a situation where, like, there's no reason for him to lose the ball at all. Just Mm. just count how many times, because it's a lot. And against, like, it just shouldn't be happening. I mean, if he really is as good as people say he is and as we want to believe he is, you can't lose the ball that much. Like... It's really other, hard to... Other top players, the top players don't lose the ball. You ever see Sadio Mane just walk the ball away like 10 times a game? No. He doesn't do that shit. That's, Masala, that's the no. problem, though, is like it's really hard to get data on that with Christian on the national team because, first of all, you have to talk about... You have to use numbers in context of the national team because he's a different player with a different role yeah. when he's on Chelsea. The second thing is... With the national team, you're playing so many weird games and so many weird different competitions that there's no standard. There, there's no standard counter for these sort of deep analytics. Which is why the um, eye test is much more important with the national team. Yes, but the eye test always needs to be caveated with data for me. I'm not saying time. that you shouldn't look at data. I'm just saying that, like, just like watch, watch him for a game, you know, and 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 see how many. You times. do be giving the ball away. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, maybe I'm missing it when I... Like, I don't look for that when I'm watching other players, you know? So maybe Sadio Mane does do that, and I just don't notice it because he also scores, like... He, he definitely, he definitely does not. Trust me. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You've been, you've been watching a lot of uh, Sadio Mane on the national team? On Senegal? I mean, I watched him in AFCON. Um, looked all right in there. Yeah, I did. What? What are you talking about? In AFCON. When did we watch? When did you watch Afcon? Uh, when even like, was Afcon? Like, what was it like two? Three I mean, ago? I remember watching like two qualifier games. I watched. I watched. Well, I watched all the highlights, but I watched three Senegal games. Like, I definitely watched the most Senegal games of any of the. They are the most fun African because I watched. Watch. I watched one of their group stage games, and then I watched <coughs> the finals, and I watched the semifinals. All right. Well, anyways, Reese has a computer for a brain, and we have one more segment left. All uh, right, and it does relate to Sadio Mane. Yeah, that's actually I think what, what made me think of it is um I wanted to bring this up real quick because we have did we miss the Champions League final? It was the day of the Miami game. Yes, um, very long time ago. And I want to pose a question. Well, I'll first pose it to you, but it's also to all the listeners. Is what did you think if you watched it? Of Mo Salah's performance. Oh, yeah, because you can't boil it down to good or bad, can you? Because I have some, because I've seen very contrasting views. And I have, I have a view myself. Um, but I'm, you, you're, you, you say, you say first. Um, like, do I have to? Are you looking for? No, a no, you don't have to give binary a, answer. No, you don't have to give a binary answer. You I mean, be obviously, he created a lot of chances, uh, the best chances of the game, actually, except the one that was a goal. Um. Courtois stood on his head. I can't remember if a lot of his chances were saved or if he just missed them or both. Well, there was that one at like the near post where 
it was kind of both, right? Where it was sort of his fault, and it's an insane save by Courtois. Yeah, like the one uh, the, that was early in the game, I think. Like there is a it was like the, the first chance. Like there's a potential in his shot where he shoots it, and there's no chance for Courtois to save it. But also, it was still an insane save by Courtois. That's really the one I I remember a lot. I don't know. A lot of that day is really hazy. Um, I wonder why. You wonder why? <laughs> Screw off, man. Me, me too. I don't remember why. Uh, I don't know. I, wh- what's your take on this? I, well, anyway, I guess I, I remember he created good chances, but he didn't finish, and that's what you're judging on is finishing. So in essence, bad. Okay, yeah. So that's what I saw a lot after the game. I went. I was looking on Twitter and on Instagram and stuff, and I was seeing you know constantly people talking about how terrible Salah was, how many chances he missed, how how washed he's been since Afcon. Um, and I would honestly have to respectfully disagree. And and the reason I said that is because watching the game, Mo Salah looked good. And if you need to yeah. talk about chances, he had the most chances for Liverpool. He had maybe their two best chances, but definitely two of their three best chances. He didn't score. He had a couple other chances that didn't go in. Um, he had that one, I think, I don't know if this is the one you were talking about, but like early in the game, it was the first chance where like it was off a turn. He went like low and Courtois saved it to his near side. Um but the one, the big, the big one, and I actually read, a, I had read a whole thread about this. But the big chance that I wanted to talk about is that one on one near the end of the game, because that was that was like the big talking point. That was when they were already down one zero, and so it's a long ball over the top. Salah controls it beautifully with his left foot, and then in the same motion he controls it with, cut brings it with his stride with his left, which like looks easy when you're watching him do it, but like. I like as like a soccer player, I like can't even imagine myself doing that. Yeah. Like taking a touch off a long ball like that and then in the same stride sweeping it across onto my right. Like I I physically don't think I could do that. Like even if I had like a hundred tries, like, I don't think that like I can I can make that work. Um then he takes a couple touches onto his left, all at full sprint, mind you, with the defender right on his shoulder, it gets onto his right and bangs a shot to the far post. Which honestly is well placed, and Courtois comes flying out, makes a crazy save off the shoulder, and it just narrowly deflects over the goal. And obviously, it goes down as a miss in a one-on-one scenario. But if you look at like, and obviously you know, if you give someone that chance a hundred times, yeah, you'd expect him to score a decent amount of the time. But there's only so much that Salah can actually do there, like. Sometimes the well, keeper score. just sometimes the keeper just makes an amazing save. <laughs> sometimes the keeper just makes an amazing save. And like what like rewatching that play, I'm not sure if there's another person on the planet who could actually create that chance. Based on his positioning, the positioning of the defenders and the way the ball's the angle the ball's coming in at, the amount of like just unbelievable work he has to do to even get to that spot is like I think I think Messi I don't even think Messi's fast enough now. I don't even think Messi could do that. I think definitely at his peak speed, Messi could have could have done that. But I again on like I'm trying to think of lefties in the world that I think are actually capable of making that run. And I, I don't know if there's another one on the planet that could create that chance. Hmm. Just like with the, the technical ability, the speed and the strength and like the confidence to be able to do that, there just aren't people who can do that. Like that is like that mark of a world class player right there. Is he creates that chance out of realistically nothing because 99.9% of professional players in the world they take that long ball down they settle it they wait for help or maybe they take it down they settle and they try to take their defender on one-on-one try to cut across goal or something nobody can do that like where they just take the ball and go with it 
like with that speed. Like, and then if he scores, if Courtois doesn't make an absolutely unbelievable save, that again, like the va- like ninety nine percent of goalkeepers are not going to make that save. Then Mosal has scored an absolute wonder goal, and the narrative is completely switched, and everyone's talking about how what a, how amazing Sal is, and how he's one of the best in the world. And it's like that tiny little, those, those few inches that Courtois managed to get onto his shoulder. I mean, it's, a, it's an inch or two at most, you know, completely flips the, sh- the script over whether Salah is yeah, like well, one I of mean, the best players in the world and whether he's completely washed. And that's just what I want to talk about. I always I mean, thought Salah okay. had a good game. I think we need to qualify this a little bit here. I think, first of all, I think you've been reading too many 4-3-3 comments. That's just my personal <laughs> opinion, dude. No, seriously. Like, the people who say things like, oh, this guy's washed, this guy's had a rough season, like... Those are not professionals. They okay, there's a right. reason there are quote unquote experts in this industry, and usually it's because people don't. It's usually it's because they're people who don't say shit like that. Unfortunately, there are a few pundits, most of which are ex players. Unfortunately, that like to think they can have those kind of takes, or that are just kind of take merchants. You know, like all right, whatever. Saying he's washed was obviously hyperbole, but like still, like it completely shifted the narrative over how Sala plays. Sorry, my point was. This is soccer. It's a game decided by goals, not expected goals. Like the the point to it's not like basketball where it you know how well you play literally exactly correlates to what the score is. You but, know. But my point is that I think Sala did everything he should have done. I just thought Courtois Was did it a little bit better. And I don't think that means that Salah's bad. I think it means he didn't. He he had. I honestly thought all around he had a very good game, especially in the second half. The first half, he was. Eh. It's kind but of interesting. In the second half, meta, I thought some... he had a great game. I just thought that Courtois was better. So, honestly. do you think? Uh, see, this this is interesting because I'm finding an intersect a rare intersection here between rating goalkeepers and rating field players. Because typically, I mean, we separate them when when you like think about. Yeah. You know, players, like, you know, you can't say, like, Neuer is a better player than, like, uh, fucking, give me a comparable player, like Sané or something like that. Okay, maybe Neuer's better than Sané. Oh, but, yeah, I, I'd say... Uh, <laughs> dude, uh, uh, Kimmich. Kimmich uh, Neuer sure. and Kimmich. Like, sure. who's better? You can't say, because they play different positions, obviously. Um, a lot of times, it's even tough to compare defenders and strikers. But in this case, like, it's kind of an interesting objective discussion. Like, if a player... As solid as you like, Sala, as you said, does everything they can, everything they should do, and it still doesn't matter. I mean, you're not saying Sala could have put that ball past Courtois in any sense, like he could have, of course. What I'm saying is that, like, when you talk about like a game, like all that matters is a goal, right? Okay, but like some when a player shoots a shot, it's not like there there's a guaranteed percentage of a goal. It's because it's based on what the keeper does, you know. There's always a percentage chance that you get the goal. And I think that there obviously are times where that percentage chance is basically 100. But in a lot of those one-on-one scenarios, it's really difficult because you're so close to the keeper. And if the keeper makes the right read and gets to the spot, I think in one-on-one scenarios like that, it's almost there's almost never instances where like you have a 100% chance. So you just do your best to put it in the right spot and hope that you can beat the keeper there. And sometimes the keeper just has an absolutely amazing performance. And that's just how it is. It doesn't mean that Saul is bad. It just means that Courtois was a little bit better there. In a weird way, though, I'm kind of okay with it, with the narrative being outcome-based. Like, if 
you know, when Messi scores 90 goals in a year, like, it's not like all of those were wonder goals, you know? Like, there were a lot of tap-ins, sure, that his teammates helped him create. That That's also part of being a good striker. And I'm not, I'm certainly not taking away anything from someone who scored 91 goals in a calendar year. But, I mean, it seems weird to say that, like, every shot you take, every, like, it seems weird to say every single one of those goals had a chance of being saved. You know what I mean? Like, it, in a certain sense, I think soccer more than any other sport, the narrative has to be based on the outcome because goals have such a higher weight upon a game than anything else. Now, I'm not saying that... I mean, I think it's accurate of you to say that Salah had a great game. I didn't say a great game. I, I but yeah, even that, like, even that sounds weird. I wouldn't say he had a great game, but I, I thought that a lot of people were saying... I, the general consensus, this was, I'm not just including, you know, internet trolls or whatever. Yeah. The general consensus was that Saul did not have a good game. He missed a lot of chances, mm-hmm. that he played poorly, and that Liverpool lost. Not necessarily that he was washed, that he was terrible, but just that was the general. I don't know. I think the media I Saul. consumed said that they were being realistic, like you, I think. But I, 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 feel I, like, I feel like I did not see a lot of that. I mean, again, I think well, that in general, people were saying that, like, because obviously Liverpool was by far the better team for that game. Um, if Alexander Arnold doesn't fall asleep on defense, um, or Courtois doesn't have what is quite possibly the greatest UCL final performance of any player ever, I mean, again, I, I'm sure that I'm sure Whoa. that I'm sure that there's going to be someone over your gonna, boy, over your boy against United. I think that I think that the, what I saw from Courtois blew my freaking mind. To be honest, I, it was unbelievable. Um, it was really, without a doubt, one of the greatest performances I've ever seen um, from a goalkeeper in a UCL final. So Well, in a final, yeah, of course. Oh, I mean I mean in general. And he did it in a final, in a yeah, UCL yeah, final. Yeah. So like Yeah, I mean yeah, That's I again, a tough one. I feel like I don't have enough knowledge of soccer history to really make that claim definitively, but I mean certainly of of the games of the UCL finals that I've watched, it's the greatest single performance Here's I've ever seen. the thing that we can always hang our hats on athletes are constantly getting bigger, faster and stronger and better. So Yeah, like, I just don't like to make that argument. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, all right, man. Uh, any other thoughts on that final? Other than no. the fact that Vinny not, is not the best really. young player oh in God. the world. <laughs> Vinny, okay. Let me if you guys, okay, okay. Let me give, let me give you some context here for the listeners who may not know this. Reese is a huge Barca fan. He's a Barca fanboy. You know, it's okay. Loves Argentina. He loves Barca. He loves Messi. That, that's fine. I totally understand why. He's the greatest player of all time. It's not particularly close. Um... <laughs> I, I remain, like, very neutral in these games just so that I can not, you know, have anger when it comes to things like this. I will speak earnestly and say that Vinicius is, like, overrated. Highly overrated. By people on the internet and by people who know what they're talking about or think they know what they're talking about. If like, you watched the game, the Champions League final, you will you basically, other than the goal, you were like, wow, Vinicius did not look good. And then you're like, okay, well, maybe, maybe you know, the eye test is deceiving. Let's go to the stats. Let's see what he was the lowest rated player on Madrid on SofaScore, and he scored their only. goal. I mean, okay, okay. He scored. He scored the only goal. If you know anything about SofaScore, that if you score a goal, it's almost impossible to have a bad SofaScore rating. That's true. And he was the lowest rated player on their starting lineup, and he was the only goal scorer. Yeah. I'd he wasn't good. He just got a lucky time. Ta- I'm sorry. Whatever. I don't want to have the video. Right place, right time, baby. Oh my god. That that's another conversation to be had, though. Is like, 
if if you have a terrible game but you make one good play that wins you the game, was it really that bad of a game? If Trent Alexander Arnold knows how to play defense, then it doesn't happen. But it's a what if. Anyway, I don't want to talk about the game anymore. It is depressing. <laughs> I um, was wondering why you wanted to talk. I just wanted. I just wanted to talk about the most solid discussion. I don't want to talk about anything else for the game. It sucked. Um. God. All right. Well. <laughs> <laughs> we got a healthy episode. Yeah, we did actually. It's supposed to be like nothing to talk about. It's nice therapy on yeah. a on a Thursday afternoon. Um, thank you for tuning in. As always, uh, it's it's been fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I Any final I thoughts? No, no. Uh, my we brain we will probably record again after um, after we after our next game. So. Yeah. Whenever that is. Yeah. Uh, it's on <laughs> Saturday. It sounds super confident. Uh, we're actually playing the LA Galaxy. You may have heard of them. Uh, in Carson, California. That game will be on Big ESPN. Hey. And it will be at 2 o'clock p.m., which oh, is fun. probably going to be more like 3 uh, or 2.30 or something. Yep. Um, and then we don't have another game till next Saturday. So we can probably do like, what, like next midweek next week? Yeah. Or, well, okay, are you coming back from... Uh, I still need to. I'm. I haven't finalized anything. No. Okay. Uh, let's see. There's a Lane United home game next Thursday, so I'll be here by then. So we'll 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 have time. We'll say Thursday at the latest. Yeah. If we're both in port, I don't know. Whatever. Uh, here we'll hear from you, or you'll hear from us again soon. Uh, we didn't ask for any questions because we forgot to. Yeah. And uh, but if you have any. Please, yeah, send no. send them in. We'll Jesus do them, we'll do them next episode. <laughs> I need to take a shower and yeah, reset my enough. day. Um, go Timbers. Go Timbers. I cannot. I cannot.